thanks for tuning in to this segment of um, Permission Ministries. And today I've got a real treat, a good friend of mine, Rick Udi. Um, we go back a few years and uh, I'm just going to do a little interview with my friend and he's been doing some exciting stuff over the years and uh, I think you need to hear about it. So um, without too much further ado, I want to introduce my friend Rick who lives in uh, Colorado. And where are you at now, Rick? Just right out up the front range in Denver. So we're moving to Bailey to be exact, a little mountain town. Right, because you love to ski. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you have to love winter. You're crazy to live in Colorado, Mike. I mean, come on. You know, so love to love ski, it. love to ride bikes. The mountains are great. Yeah, good. Got to stay, stay young and stay in shape. I'm working on that part. Yes, you are. <laughs> Rick, I thought we'd just start off a little bit. Just tell us about yourself, kind of your personal journey, and maybe uh, leading up to how you got involved in Third Day and why, and and then uh, we'll talk about Africa here in a little bit. But I just want I want people to get to know you a little bit and hear your story. Well, it began when I felt like God called me to pioneer a church in San Diego. And our theological background was Word of Faith. I was raised in a small Word of Faith school. And um, so moved to San Diego from the Central Valley and just rented a building and started. Um, which is, I don't recommend that, but what can I say? That's what I did. Anyway, so we um, developed a, a church, a growing church, and was involved in everything God was doing, everything possible we could be involved with. And uh, during the beginning, I think it was the beginning, but during renewal, the whole outpouring of the Spirit ran into Gary, ran into you, ran into other third-day people. This would have been um, back in 95, 96. Yes, I would guess. I don't know, Mike. And uh, just grew to love everybody and really love the, I guess you would say, love the truth that was coming that we are, have all been given a dream and we can run with the dream God's given us. To me, that's the permission. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'll, sometime in all of that, then God birth the whole African thing for me as we were trying to pastor a church in San Diego. Yep. So ended up pastoring there for almost 20 years. Right. And then the last 17 has just been traveling to Africa. You know, Rick, I think, I think your testimony is real viable for people listening who want to be in ministry. Cause you know, sometimes we just take steps of faith, looking back and say, that probably wasn't the best thing to do, but you know what? We acted in faith and God's goodness, I think he gets a delight of the fact that we haven't got it all figured out. We're just taking steps. And I think that's one of the things we try to encourage in third day is just, listen, you got to take a step. You're not going to have everything lined up. It doesn't work that way. You get that urge from the Holy Spirit, you go. And, and God raised up a church. People got saved. People got healed. The gospel got preached. So yes. a lot of good lessons in that. I think that um, I love the Passion Translation. It says, God rejoices in every step we take to try to follow him. <laughs> and uh, so I just believe that I gave God a lot of opportunity to rejoice because I, I was just trying to be obedient and keep moving in the direction that my heart was going. Um, I, you know, I know <laughs> there's Bible schools that teach you how to plant churches and how to build this and how to do that. Um, that wasn't us at all. We yeah. just tried to follow God and, and see what God was doing and participate in that. And in that place, 
we did see major impact in the community we were in and we saw healings and salvations and restorations and everything that we could see in the book of acts so we got really excited about that um but it was not an easy road um and i know anybody that wants to be in ministry just needs to understand that difficulties are a part of it right i've never promised that we would do things unopposed so there is an enemy and but it's all worth it i would encourage everybody whatever is in your heart to do just start to do it no matter how small it may be that's good rick i mean that really speaks to the fact that we can have all our ducks lined up we can go to school and get all this but if you don't have the basic element of faith and trust in god um it just won't happen because there's got to be that relational connection that trust in him to partner with him yes absolutely and i think uh you know i was too dumb to realize I didn't know anything. So that helped a lot. <laughs> Ignorance so, is bliss. <laughs> yes, it definitely was. It definitely was. I, I think a lot of us, I, I was in that same boat too. Um, just passionate for Jesus. Hadn't really been to school. Hadn't had a whole lot of training. Just, you know, seven years a Christian and got the bug to go to Hawaii and start a church from scratch. Wow. Yeah, imagine that. God did something. <laughs> and I learned a lot in the process. You know, I, I think we survive our, 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 our ministry sometimes. You just got to get through it, persevere, because you're going to learn a lot. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Yes. And I think one of the, the greatest lessons I just had to accept, even though I didn't like it, was that God will use my mistakes for good if I'll really just keep believing. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've seen him turn a lot of things around, you know, that I thought were total disasters. And, you know, I had a real good friend. You'll understand this. I had a real good friend, a pastor, and he told me four things to make sure I did not do when I pioneered a church. And okay. at the end of the first year, I sat down with him and I figured out I had done three of those. So <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> True story. Sometimes we learn the hard way. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, Rick, I'm just, as you're talking, it's, this is really rich. Um, it's helpful for people to realize that, but probably the other ingredient, and I know you'll agree with me on this, is having people around you to help you in the process. Because you can have trust and faith in God, but you know, we need other people. And, and you know, that's kind of where we found each other in some difficult times. We were able to stand with each other, pray with each other. You know, Gary was a big part of that for both of our lives. Just to just to be a friend, he didn't have a lot of answers sometimes for us. He just said, I'll, I'll walk with you in it. Yes. And I just his father's heart to come alongside um, I'm sure if it wouldn't have been for Gary and a few others, I'm not sure I would be in the ministry today. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. so cause just things don't always work out the way you want and you get to pass through the Valley, some deep valleys and to have people around you that just love you, man. And Gary and Jane just loved us as just like you and joy and others and mm-hmm. just loved us and helped us. And, you know, renewal People don't think about this so much, but if you're pastoring a conservative church, renewal hits, you're about to go through a major deal. Yeah. <laughs> and so some of the people that I thought were with us turned out they couldn't walk with us any longer. But I found out through experience, God always brings people if we will just open up our hearts and let God do it his way. Yeah. And so he brought all of the third day uh, persuasion and understanding and anointing and then the love of the leadership of third day and i seriously believe if it wouldn't have been for that i probably wouldn't be in ministry today 
Agreed. I, I, and you've probably experienced this that one of the, when you see people stumble, fall away, and stuff, it's it's usually you can mark it back to the fact they started breaking off relationship or they stopped, you know, heeding advice of their friends, and they just yeah. kind of did the Lone Ranger thing, and that always always ends bad. Yes, it always does. I think someone said it well. God never intended for Kingdom Life to be an individual walk, <laughs> and uh, I just believe that. I value now, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but I value friendship and I value um, people walking with us and what God has called us to do more than I ever have. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, what a blessing. Before we talk about Africa, Rick, I just want to share a little story. Actually, it's about you. I remember we connected with um, a group of pastors down at the Naval Air Station. Not Naval, uh, what was it? The, um, it wasn't the Naval Air Station, but it was the place down in uh, Point Loma. The military yes. Base. Yes. Yes. And uh, it all led to a a a, a, a conference or a, a, an outreach with uh, Carlos Anacondia. Oh, but, I remember. Uh, yeah, leading up to that, it was this group of pastors hanging out, and that's where you and I kind of got to know each other. And I get a little story, you know, with my vineyard background. You were the faith guys were kind of like back off. <laughs> you, you were you were blabbers and grabbers. You know that was yeah, our. That's right. And uh, I got to tell you, Rick, you changed my heart on that because wow, you're um, just your demeanor. And and your ex, your teaching when when I would hear it from you, I go, you know, I agree with that because my background was, you know, we stay away from you guys. You were yeah. bad theology, bad doctrine. And then talking to you, I'm going, wait a second, this is some good stuff. Mm. And, um, wow. and it, it was a major lesson for me in the relationships of being together with different pastors, getting to know you and getting to know other guys like you, opened my heart to realize I've been hearing. You know, maybe maybe some some uh, uh, some people's thoughts that were just had some prejudice against the word of faith, and I wasn't getting the real heart of what you guys carried. So it just showed me: don't judge something unless you get to know the person. Wow. And so, getting to know you, your heart, and even though maybe I didn't always agree with some of the things you said, I just like, but I know Rick's heart, yeah. and. I like the other 95%. So I ain't going to worry about the five. I mean, that's who do we agree with 100% anyway? I mean, you know, it just got gets to the point of ridiculous. People start splitting hairs over stuff. So I just wanted you to know that was that was a good turning point for me to really, you know, we had Rodney Howard Brown in too, you know, who was, uh, I love Rodney to death, but he's definitely, he's a strong hammer. But I had to learn to adapt and realize this guy carries some truth. Yes. So it was a big turning point in me to realize I had to, embrace all the church and you know and I, I love john wimber he said love what jesus loves wow that kind of settles it right there yeah. you know if a brother loves jesus you know he has the core values of the cross and who jesus is that's my brother let's find a way to work things out and that means we don't talk about some things i'm good with that too but let's agree on what we agree on uh, i think that's real good counsel mike and thanks for the encouragement i didn't realize all of that and i think all of us were going through a. a a time of reassessing what was really important and what wasn't. And uh, yes. Gary helped me do a lot of that. He really did. I mean, I know what I believed, but you know, like all of us, you recognize, man, there's a bunch of man stuff that's been attached to this. Right. <laughs> so I, Gary helped me to get free from some of that. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. There's nothing like embracing the whole church. And, you know, we have to have some wisdom in that. Doesn't mean we have to run with everybody. Yes, that's right. But we do have to honor. And yes. uh, so if there's anything people can get from this teaching here is just some of these principles 
you know, I think um, hopefully us older guys, we've learned a few things and uh, we can share a little bit of wisdom and, and if anything, pass on some so we don't they don't make the same mistakes. One of the things God told me in the middle of it, I will never forget it. Never. God said, you don't have to have an opinion about everything. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, because, you know, different guys were coming together and we had different doctrinal positions and certain things are important to some, certain weren't to others. Then you have somebody like Rodney come in who, like you said, is a hammer and just blows up everything. Then you have someone like Graham show up and teaches you, this is what we should be doing, blowing it up. And I mean, it's like, oh, Jesus, how do I navigate this? But when God said, you just don't have to have an opinion about all this. Stand and see, watch, see yeah. where I'm moving and put your heart in what I'm doing and don't get tangled up in the other. And I was already tangled up, so it took a while to get untangled. But yeah. there again, people like yourself walking with me and loving me and helping me to just untangle the stuff with no pressure, you right. know, really. And, you know, I've had some strong discussions with Gary, but iron sharpens iron. I mean, surely we should be able to honor one another enough that even though we disagree, we can love each other and respect each other. Yeah. And I just think all of that was a part of what God was doing and more than just me. <laughs> I, have a, I have a theory, a quick, quick little comment, then we'll get on with the Africa conversation that, you know, there's been a lot of talk, Lou Engel and others, and even Bill Johnson mentioned yesterday in a talk he gave, um, which was phenomenal. If anybody gets a chance to hear that, his talk after his wife passing, yes, talking about the, about the communion revival. Yes. And I, I think there's something significant because what it, it, to me, communion means I'm going to meet with people who meet around the body and blood of Jesus. That means your eschatology can be different, your pneumatology, you know, how you baptize, if you baptize, all that other stuff. That's right. Can we agree on who Jesus is and what he did? Let's break bread. Yes. Let's, let's yes. meet there. So I, I think there's something really significant in this time, Rick, that, uh, you know, people have different political persuasions. I know there's a lot of strong feelings out there. We've got to find a way to connect in the spirit, endeavoring to keep the bond of peace. If the church is going to um, rise up and do what it needs to do in this time. Totally agree. Absolutely. And I thought it was very unique when Bill said, Lou said, uh, a communion renewal revival Correct. you know and i'm glad the point you just brought out i am thinking about that i have been thinking about that i got to watch all of it last night uh, bill's uh, teaching tremendous man of god wow. and uh, powerful stuff but the whole thing i said now lord what is that what's going to be different about a communion revival what's going to be different about this because yeah. we've had revivals before um it's seemingly it still never bridged the gap between division, different camps, different theologies. Um, and I'm so thankful for the perspective. This one will so yeah. thankful. Yeah. Good you know. stuff. And I think when you go to other lands, other nations like you do and Gary and everything I do, you, you realize that things are, some things America <laughs> view is so important, the rest of the world doesn't. So I think that's a healthy thing to just be able to honor each other and honor what God is doing in their life and to just come alongside and help. Yeah. Well, let, let's start with that, Rick. I think that that journey of going to the nations, <clears throat> um, it changes our perspective in so many ways. And, and uh, you, you've been going there for 17 years. Yes. 
So why don't you tell us how did that first happen for you? What were those, what was those first trips like? Um, <laughs> there was a gentleman from a very big church there in San Diego that came to me and said, my church is not moving in this renewal. I know yours is, so I want to come to your church. I've been an elder in this church for, I don't know, 25 years or whatever. And I said, wonderful, you're welcome. And so he came. And it wasn't long till I realized he had been traveling to Africa at that time over 20 years. And after he came to the little church we had and heard some teaching and things, he said, I want to take you to Africa. And I said, no, I don't want to go. Thank you very much. <laughs> and true. Funny, I said the same thing. <laughs> hey, I said, I don't want to do that. Thank you. Uh, I've already traveled enough and stuff. His name is Jim Murphy, tremendous man of God. Anyway, after about a year and a half, I just told Artemis that I need to honor Jim. He's a, he's a tremendous elder in the body of Christ, and I just need to honor him, and I'm going to go. And so I went just for that reason. I had no desire to go. I didn't think God was on it. Nothing, nothing. I just was going to honor Jim. See, there's that honor thing. And uh, then I went and the second trip I went with Jim, which was about four months apart, God said, this is what you'll do the rest of your life. Oh and I said, wow, what does that mean? You know, and he said, you're finished pastoring in that context. And I'm going to send you to Africa to teach and train leaders. And you're going to carry the message that I want them to live in abundant provision for the sake of the kingdom. So that's what started it all. Um, what year would this have been, Rick? Well, it would have been 18 years ago. Okay. And um, so it took six months to phase out of pastoring and those kind of things and just been strictly focusing on Africa since then. Um, developed a syllabus to, we do pastor leader seminars. I've now taught over a hundred of those in the last 17 years and try to go to at least to two nations. When I go, it's a better use of the dollar and uh, just teach pastor leader conferences, seminars, and connect with apostolic leaders. And God told me if we could impact the leaders, we could impact the church, the church would then impact the community and we would establish the kingdom. So that was the or that was the way God explained it to me what I would be doing, and that's what I've tried to be faithful to do the last seventeen years. Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. And, yes, and about um, and I've been to some other African nations, but those are the three big ones for me where I focus. And about um, I think it was five years ago. After much, much faith, perseverance, and money, we finally became an established NGO in Tanzania. That's a big, big deal. So we're recognized by the government. We have a small office there that is our headquarters for East Africa. We can send money through there to help the African church. We can do all that kind of stuff. So that opened up many doors after that to bigger organizations for us. Yeah. And now the there's lots of different organizations, streams, expressions uh, that apostolic leaders are leading, and I just go to help them. When we started all of this, 
I said, God, how am I going to know where to go? Africa's a big place. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's not like trying to build a church in San Diego. Yeah. And uh, God said, I'll show you where I'm moving and you come beside and you help. You don't build anything for you. And so that has been the, I guess yeah. you would say the compass that we've navigated by. And I've always just worked with Afri African apostolic leaders and they choose the areas because some of them, I mean, some of those guys literally have a thousand churches, 2000 churches. There's one ministry I'm connected with that has 7,000 churches. And so they asked me, well, next year, will you go into this area of our country? And so we plan and that's, that's how that all works for us. Rick, talk a little bit about your message. I think it's so important because we've chatted about this. It's, um, I mean, it's a basic message every Christian needs to know, but it seems like it's unique in Africa for certain reasons. So just talk a little bit about that, what you feel you carry and what God's been releasing through you. 